The Water Values Podcast is sponsored by the following market-leading companies and organizations. By CanDo, providing actionable insights from utility wastewater data to improve environmental and public health. By Woodard and Curran, high-quality consulting engineering, science, and operations services. By Intera, innovation and stewardship for a sustainable tomorrow. By Xylem, let's solve water. By Black & Veatch, building a world of difference, and by the American Water Works Association, dedicated to the world's most important resource. This is Session 198. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey and thank you so much for joining me. It's great to have you with us. We've got a great show for you today. Xylem Senior Vice President and General Counsel Claudia Toussaint joins us to talk ESG and why it's so important to corporate decision making. This is a great opportunity to hear how the general counsel of a publicly traded company approaches ESG issues, and she really does a great job making the case for ESG as a central component of corporate decision making. Very important stuff here, and she does a great job explaining it. But before we get to the interview with Claudia, we begin with a hearty thank you to our sponsors. Again, the sponsors of the Water Values Podcast for the 2021 season include Can Do. Woodard and Curran, Intera, Xylem, Black and Veatch, and the American Waterworks Association. And I'd like for you to do me a favor, please. If you work for or with any of these sponsors, please, please, please thank your boss or thank your contact at that sponsor firm and let them know that you appreciate their leadership in the industry through the sponsorship. You'd be surprised how far that simple note of thanks will go. And as long as you're letting sponsors know how much you appreciate their support of water industry education and thought leadership, hey, why not leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, or whatever other podcast directory you're accessing the podcast on. That'd be greatly appreciated and, of course, will help others find out about the podcast. Now it's on to our featured guest, Claudia Toussaint of Xylem. So let's get that water flowing. Good morning, Claudia, and welcome to the Water Values Podcast. Great to have you on. Could you tell us, uh, first off, how are you doing today, I should say? I'm doing uh, really well, Dave. How about yourself? I'm doing doing great. Thanks so much. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, could you give us a little background on who you are and what you're doing and how you got interested in water? Yeah, I'll be um, happy uh, to do that. So um, I actually... I started out um, as um, a young kid in Germany and um, came to the U.S. to uh, um, become a, a lawyer and make a difference and uh, started my legal career in renewable energy and um, then moved into, you know, telecom and saw what technology and connectivity can do. And then really joined uh, Xylem about uh, seven years ago, and I joined to make a difference and help create, you know, social and economic value and think the water sector is a really unique place to do that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. And it's great to, to, to have your international perspective on it, as well as the perspective of, 
uh, a number of different sectors, not just the water sector. Because I think, you know, too often in the water sector, we sometimes we we get into a silo and can only see the see it from a water perspective. Uh, so I think I think having your broad perspectives is very valuable from an ESG perspective. So environmental social governance is what we really want to delve into today. Can you just provide kind of the background on what ESG is and how, how you approach that? Yeah. So, I mean, as a, at a very high level, um, Dave, I think ESG is about managing an organization for the long term and for the benefit of all stakeholders. And you touched on the two, you know, what the three acronyms stand for, right? The E obviously stands for environmental um, and the S stands for social and the G stands for governance. And so all these three elements are incredibly important to manage well for the long term. Yeah. And so what, from your, your you know, perch at Xylem, which is, uh, you know, a, a publicly traded corporation, I mean, how, how's ESG, can, can you kind of, kind of give the, the background on how ESG's approached and, and kind of what, what are the, the issues that publicly, publicly traded companies need to, to look at when, when dealing with ESG issues? Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy um, to give um, my perspective. Um, I would say that um, it used to be maybe 10 years ago that when you were in a publicly traded company, uh, you managed your business strategy and you looked at your financial performance. And I think what ESG has done, it has... um, put the responsibility on management teams and boards, frankly, to look at what is the environmental impact that you have as a company, both in terms of your operations, as well as in terms of the products and solutions that you offer. And it has forced us to look at how do we think about the social impact that we have, I talked about, you know, what attracted me to the water sector was to have an opportunity to create social and economic um, impact. So at Xylem, we very much look at what are, you know, positive social impacts that we can have in terms of driving the affordability of water forward, in terms of helping with access of water. And that conversation is not only happening in the management team, but it's happening at the board level. And then from a governance perspective, they historically, we talked about it in the context of ethics. Um, I think today that conversation has broadened to include a number of other uh, topics. I, I really like that overview you gave. Could you, let's, let's kind of break down the ESG into the, its component parts, right? So on, on the environment, you know, can you, can you paint with a, a broader brush here, kind of how, how you approach the environmental aspect of ESG. Yeah, so we um, really look at it through um, uh, two primary lenses. Uh, the first one is um, what is the environmental impact that we can have through our products and solutions um, that we offer? And let me give you maybe 
you know, an example to make that uh, come alive. Um, we worked um, with the city of uh, South Bend, um, Indiana, to help them optimize their existing um, wastewater network using one of our artificial intelligence um, system. And the outcome from a positive environmental perspective that that had for the city was that it resulted in an 80% reduction in sewer overflows, which also allowed them to avoid significant capital investments. The other piece on the environmental side is how we run our own operations in terms of minimizing the use of water in our operations when we manufacture products, as well as um, make sure that we um, increase the use of uh, renewable energy in our um, energy usage. Got it. Got it. So uh, I, I I love that example that you're you're in a sustainable sustainability kind of business. And so is is the environmental aspect? Is that you know how, how does that relate to what is traditionally kind of called sustainability? I mean, is it the same thing? Are there are there different aspects to how ESG is approached? Uh, from at least the environmental aspect of ESG vis-a-vis sustainability. How how does that break down? Yeah, so I think many um, many people still think of environment of sustainability as environmental sustainability, and I think that is you know obviously a very significant component. But I think increasingly um, organizations think about sustainability more broadly, including you know their own resilience as an enterprise, as well as you know driving social sustainability. Um, within um, society. So uh, COVID, I think, has uh, brought that very much to uh, the forefront in terms of um, thinking um, through the sustainability of um, your workforce in terms of ensuring you provide uh, benefits um, and healthcare and incremental support uh, during the uh, pandemic, particularly with respect to uh, employees that were, you know, adversely impacted in terms of their employment. So I think sustainability is um, gaining a broader, more holistic uh, definition. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I think I've heard you say in, in, in the past when we've spoken that, you know, the, that, I mean, this sounds a lot like aligning, uh, a company's business strategy with its sustainability strategy. Would that be a fair, fair statement? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so if we, if we move on to the government governance aspect of this, um, you know, there's been a, a number of examples lately of, of specifically publicly traded companies that have, have seen some governance pressure in the ESG front, you know, Exxon comes to mind. So could you, could you kind of maybe break down, uh, the, the governance aspect and, and, and provide a thumbnail, what exactly went on in the Exxon, uh, you know, proxy fight recently? Yeah. So the Exxon proxy fight is an interesting example, right? And when we look at proxy fights over the last, you know, 18 months, I would say that, you know, roughly 50% or so of them is the latest statistics I saw included an ESG component, Right. And so what happened um, in the ExxonMobil proxy fight is that 
the issues that were raised by the um, activist um, investors included not only traditional um, business issue, issues such as you know capital allocation, but also included very significant um, ESG issues, including um, expertise um, on, on the board, including um, ExxonMobil's approach to um, and, and lack of focus on uh, decar- a decarbonization strategy um, for their business. Yeah. And so the, from, from a governance perspective on the ESG, if, if the businesses are not paying attention to ESG issues, they're, they're going to run the risk of being disrupted. Right. And so how can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I mean, and we all, you know, we, we know how disruptive um, a proxy fight can be to really um, a company's um, operation and continued execution. So um, not paying attention to ESG issues is, um, you know, it it really comes with uh, perils today that it didn't five or 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, so I almost look at it like uncertainty is bad for business. And if you're not paying attention to ESG issues, you're just feeding into uncertainty whether it's in the form of that's fine. Yeah. Whether it's in the form of an upcoming proxy fight or whether it's in the form of, of, you know, you don't have a plan for dealing with climate change or, or upcoming regulations that will affect carbon, uh, things of that nature. Yeah. Dave. And I mean, really when, when you look at the ExxonMobil um, case, like it's, it's nearly a case study on, not paying attention to emerging ESG issues, right? I mean, the the issue of board diversity was, um, you know, front and center. The issue of uh, climate change and really climate change risks and a complete uh, disregard of um, sorting through the strategies to... um, handle risks that are core to ExxonMobil's business and that really go to the potential, um, you know, survivability of the enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so, uh, you, you, you are a lawyer, right, Claudia? So I, I would ask you to, to delve into the Revlon ramifications of all this, but I think that we might lose the audience if we do that. So, um, just kind of joking there, yeah, a little, little, not, little lawyer to lawyer humor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, from a, from a governance perspective, you know, if you were talking to your board and I'm not saying you are, so if you're, if, if, if someone's talking to their, their publicly traded company board, what are the, why should a, a, why should a board start paying attention more to the governance issues uh, from an ESG perspective? Yeah, I, I think that the, the three key reasons, the first one is, and the most important one is it's really good for business. It gives you, you know, it makes you a more resilient enterprise. It allows you to think about innovation differently so you can stay ahead of competition. And it gives you access to, you know, more diverse and um, much more, much greater talent. And it gives you better access to capital. Um, the second reason is, um, you have the opportunity to engage with your investors in um, 
a manner that focuses on the longer term. And what we have found is that uh, that builds um, longer focused and, and really a, a, a more loyal um, investor base. And largely, and, and lastly, it allows you to have really good and, and much more productive relationships with your regulators, which is also an important constituent um, you know, for an organization from the board's perspective. And um, so those are kind of three big reasons that, that I would say why it is absolutely critical to pay attention to it today. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you, especially on the regulator side. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm in a heavily regulated industry and uh, it, it's, it's very important to pay attention to the regulator because too often that's, that's an overlooked aspect of, of all this. Um, yeah, you don't do it for that, right? But I mean, for publicly traded companies, we know that, you know, one of our primary regulators is the Securities and Exchange Commission. And uh, they are very keenly focused on making sure that companies are transparent about the risks from an ESG perspective that they're facing and making sure that they are appropriately disclosed. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's a big issue. That that's an absolutely huge issue. Um, what, one other thing I want to get into, and it's kind of it's something that Xylem has done in in the past, and that's you know it, it, it plays into the the governance aspect in terms of walking the walk, and that's that Xylem issued a green bond recently, and I want to ask you about about the rationale and how that green bond came together. Can you can you speak to that, please? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's a topic I actually love to talk about because um, what I have learned, you know, through that process is that it really matters when you put uh, sustainability at the center of um, how you are thinking about financing um, your, your company. Um, and so uh, it is um, a really great um, opportunity to link your um, sustainability focus and performance with um, lower cost of capital. And so before I go to the bond offering, I actually want to maybe touch briefly on a revolving um, you know, credit uh, arrangement that we have where our sustainability performance as measured by one of the um, key sustainability rating agencies is uh, directly linked to the um, interest rate that we would be paying if we drew down that uh, credit agreement. Yeah, in well, terms of, yeah, I'd love to hear the, that. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So what it really means is that, you know, the better your sustainability performance the lower your cost of capital. And that's the, that's the linkage that is in, in that um, um, credit agreement. And so it's a great way to um, energize the organization and explain to your organization that your sustainability performance allows you to access cheaper capital. Yeah, that, that, that is a, a great point. So this isn't just kind of like, hypothetical pie in the sky stuff. This is an actual loan agreement where sustainability and environmental performance are baked into the cost of capital. 
That's that's exactly right, Dave. Yeah. And you know, there's not a CFO that isn't going to care about that. Yeah. Yeah. So now you, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You asked about the green bond offering. Yeah. And, and so we did that after we did the loan agreement um, back in 2019. So we had a green bond offering in 2020. And most of the green bond offerings are that, that have been done are kind of project-based green bond offerings. And I think one of the unique things that we were able to do because of the sector we're in is we were able to structure our green bond offering to basically be um, allow us to look at our entire portfolio of products and solutions that we um, offer. And so rather than just being focused on a single project, we can focus on our entire portfolio of products and use the proceeds from the green bond offering to fund those. Right. So it's, so the, the difference is project finance where you're issuing the green bond to build, you know, like a bioswale or, you know, something like that versus portfolio finances, as, as you called it to finance a, a, a broad range of, of, you know, sustainability, environmentally, environmental sustainability initiatives. That's right. And ultimately the, 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 the outcome from that is that it will, you know, bend your innovation pipeline towards sustainability driven innovations. Yeah. And is the cost of capital, um, uh, competitive or even better than it would be if you had not issued the green bond? Absolutely. And in fact, I had a conversation with, um, you know, our treasurer on, on this and we both agreed that um, we probably, uh, you know, wouldn't ever consider not doing, doing a regular um, bond offering again, because wow. we found that the green offering for, for us and what we want to achieve as um, a water company from a sustainability perspective is a perfect fit. Yeah, absolutely. So Claudia, you've, you've kind of mentioned some, some social aspects. You, you talked about how COVID uh, has impacted that a little bit, but I'd like to, to get your um, take on that a little more, you know, from, from a direct question about how, you know, what, what, what does the social aspect of ESG how, how, you know, could you give us the thumbnail on that and kind of some of the issues that we ought to be on the lookout for? I think from a, from a social perspective, uh, there are a couple of different dimensions, um, David. One of, the, one of them obviously is, um, you know, diversity and, in, 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 and the, the diversity of your workforce and um, how inclusive um, a culture you have. The other piece to it is, um, you know, the opportunity that um, you have as an organization in working with your supply chain to um, advance, um, you know, diverse suppliers and to have a more, uh, to create opportunities for um, underrepresented uh, businesses as part of how you purchase um, your services how you purchase your services, I mean, your products and, um, and, and goods. 
And um, the other piece that, that I would put into to social is um, kind of at the, at the border of, of social and governance. And that relates to the diversity of um, your board to make sure that you have um, you know, truly diverse uh, perspectives uh, reflected on your board. I think I think those are all good good spots. How do, does affordability factor into that at all on the social aspects? I, yeah, I mean, from a broader, um, um, you know, you touched earlier in our conversation on the importance of tying your business strategy to your, um, um, you know, your, your sustainability strategy, mm-hmm. and um, that I think is is as we talked about, really, really incredibly important, and. Affordability is obviously one of the vectors through which we drive uh, and and think about our business impact. And it clearly is how we think about it from a sustainability perspective. And that is in terms of is water affordable from a system or a, a water utility perspective, but it is also, is it affordable from the individual user perspective? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think I, I, you know, you were very kind to attribute that, uh, you know, al- alignment of business strategy with sustainability strategy to me, but I think I actually got it from you. So I, <laughs> you, you are, you are uh, very uh, astute on, on those aspects. So there, we, we, we've, we've talked very broadly in these broad brushes of, of uh, ESG today and, you know, we've, we've quantitative, we've qualitatively, I should say, we've qualitatively identified a lot of aspects of ESG. You know, how is, how do you measure ESG? I mean, it just seems to be inherently difficult to measure. And so how, how can we quantitatively measure ESG? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right, Dave. It, it's hard, but it's important. Um, and the reason it's important to measure it quantitatively is because that's really how you're going to be able to communicate um, your, your, the impact that you have. And there are some ESG data when you think about, for example, you know, the safety of your um, workforce, right? Those is, that's like an ESG data point that we're pretty good at me- measuring because we have had long practice with it. But when you think about measuring the you know, carbon reduction that is embedded in your in your product when they are used by your customer, that's a lot harder to do. And we're only in the beginning stages to really figure out um, how to do that well. Right. So the, I guess the, the takeaway is is stay tuned for uh, how ESG metrics are are developing and evolving and how we're refining our ability to measure those. I would say stay tuned is a great way to put it, but I also would add on that it's incredibly important for do for us to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'd agree. Um, so after we kind of look back and see, see where we've been during this conversation, uh, Claudio, I mean, what, what what would your kind of leave behind message or how would you tie all this together? How uh, I'm kind of curious from your perspective as the, not, yeah. o- not only the GC, but the chief sustainability officer at Xylem. I mean, what, what do you, how would you tie it all together? Yeah. So I, I tie it together, together um, at the company level and at the water sector level, right? 
I think companies have to ask themselves the question, not anymore like what, what can we do, but really what should we do or what do we need to do? Because the, the climate crisis and the issues of um, social inequities are real. And we have to um, elevate our ambition. I think from a water sector perspective, Dave, there's a huge opportunity for the sector to come together and lead on sustainability. The sector, I think, has a huge opportunity to drive and help drive equity. You know, water equity, we all know, is is an issue in our communities. And the sector also uses, you know, a fair bit, I mean, it emits a fair bit of greenhouse gas emissions. And there's a huge opportunity to leverage data and technology as a sector to help decarbonize. I love it. I, 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 I love water taking the lead in sustainability because I think it the, the water sector to me is, a, is kind of at the very heart of sustainability because climate change is really – it, not only is it temperature, but it just the, the temperature affects how water is distributed, and you know, f- from the for example, the flooding and the storms, it's it's it all has to do with water. It all comes back to water, and so I I could not agree with you more in wanting to see water take a lead uh, in sustainability and ESG issues. So I, I love your perspective on that. Yeah. Dave, I think that when we think about how most people will experience climate change, right? Most people will experience climate change as either too little water or too much water. Yep. You're absolutely right. And I think that creates a great imperative for the sector. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I love your message. Uh, so Claudia, you've been terrific. I, I really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Uh, for those who want to find out more about you and more about Xylem, where can they go to get that information? Xylem.com. <laughs> Short and simple. All right. Short and simple. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, Claudia, again, thank you so much for, for coming over uh, and speaking with us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a great conclusion to your summer. Uh, I will, same to you, and uh, it was a pleasure to be here with you, and um, these kind of conversations are part of what's going to help us all make a difference. Amen. All right. Thanks, Claudia. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Claudia as much as I did. She made a strong case for applying ESG principles in corporate decision-making, And she provided some fantastic examples, concrete examples, showing specifically how ESG principles have benefited her company. She brought up the revolving credit facility that lowered uh, her company's cost of credit, Xylem's cost of credit. And she talked about Xylem's green bond and how it is uh, furthering corporate sustainability practices uh, because it's it's a portfolio-based finance versus a project-based finance. Well, I'd love to know what you thought about that interview, please check out the show notes for for this page. Just Google the Water Values Podcast. It's the first link that comes up on Bluefield Research's landing page. Again, the Water Values Podcast and Bluefield are separate and distinct entities. We just have a joint marketing arrangement, and Bluefield Research is kind enough to give the Water Values Podcast a home on the web. 
You can also tweet about the podcast using the hashtag water values and tweet at me using my handle at DTM1993. You can email me at david.mcgimsey at, at dentons.com and you can sign up for the newsletter at that landing page on the Bluefield website. Just Google, again, just Google the Water Values Podcast. First thing that pops up, you'll be able to, to log in there. The newsletter only comes out uh, whenever a podcast comes out, so that's twice a month. And we give you a break uh, during July in the summer. Thank you again for tuning in, and a huge thank you again to our terrific sponsors. Again, the sponsors of the Water Values Podcast include Can Do, Woodard & Curran, Intera, Xylem, Black and & Veatch, and the American Waterworks Association. This show would not be possible without those great companies and industry leaders. So if you see them, thank them so much for their leadership in the water sector. Well, in closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. to the water values podcast thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me well thank you for tuning in to the disclaimer i'm a lawyer licensed in indiana and colorado and nothing in this podcast should be taken as providing legal advice or as establishing an attorney-client relationship with you or with anyone else additionally nothing in this podcast should be considered a solicitation for professional employment i'm just a lawyer that finds water issues interesting and that believes greater public education is needed about water issues and that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water.